People forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas and are satisfied with scrawny, dead, overpriced trees that have no special meaning. <sighs> my toes are numb. You see, kids, this is what our forefathers did. I can't feel my leg. They walked out into the woods, they picked out that special tree, and they cut it down with their bare hands. Mom, I can't feel my hips. Clark. Yes, honey? Audrey's frozen from the waist down. Uh, that's all part of the experience, honey. All right, folks, welcome to the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. This is episode 138, and today we're going to be talking about the long-awaited review of Christmas Vacation. This great and fantastic film stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, and the legendary Randy Quay. I am your host, Steve Michaels. And joining me is my very good and dear friend, Mark. You can't see the lights, can you? It's over. <laughs> Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned Man Cave Christmas podcast. No, no. We're all in this together. This is a full-blown, forlorn holiday podcast here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the half, half, happiest Christmas podcast and Ben Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. <laughs> And when Steve squeezes his fat white ass down the chimney at the end of this podcast, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of listeners this side of the nuthouse. Well done. Very well done. I like that one. And I, folks, full disclosure, we didn't talk about it, but I, I'm checking off my checklist here. I knew Mark was going to do that one. So there you go. <laughs> and also joining us is our other very good dear friend, Jeff. He was a huge, beastly, bulging man. <laughs> Muncie. That's what she said. <laughs> you know, Slover, screw you. Yeah, I should have known that you were going to take that one, too. Um, I Mine had just a few other things just added to it and changed, and it went something like this. Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family podcast. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm podcast here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest podcast since Ken Rohde drank rum chata with Mark fucking Slover. And when Steve <laughs> squeezes his fat white ass down into that podcasting chair, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the Internet. <laughs> Damn you for stealing my thunder. And, you know, I just want to have full disclosure. I My ass is not fat. It's white, but it's not fat. I do a lot of squats, okay? It's big boned. It's... <laughs> it's... I've been told it's one of my finer attributes, just so you know. All right, and I don't look at you from the neck down, sir, so I have no idea what's going on there. Last and certainly not least, unfortunately, our other good and very dear friend, Ken, bet you never seen a set like these. Roni, unfortunately, is not able to be here tonight. He is, Steve, um, you want to know why? Yeah. He, te he texted me. His head's sewn to the carpet. Is that it? Yeah, it's <laughs> Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. I figured he was down on Mass Avenue dragging a bottle of rum chata behind him and seeing what bit. <laughs> Trolling? Mississippi, Mississippi leg hound. Trolling with rum chata. No, it's Massachusetts leg hound there. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. There we go. We're, we're going to be talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This is 
gosh, guys, is this how many years this in the uh, the series? Where does this one fit in? Because I'll be honest, number three, number three. Okay, what was before this? Uh, European vacation. Oh, was that before this? Was that before this? Really? Yeah, it was like '86 was European vacation or '87. Because you know the only ones I ever remember is vacation and this one. The yeah. European, I, and after that they all went. But this literally is a classic, and it is, um, you know, one of my favorites. It was uh, uh, God rest her soul. My mother in law watched this thing. I think from December fifteenth on, she would watch this movie every day because it just it, she thought it was so funny. And it's the movie that everybody loves. It, it's a it's a great Christmas movie. Won't necessarily say it's a man cave movie. This isn't everybody movie, but uh, there's some man cave elements to it. So we're gonna fit it in uh, into the uh, the genre, if you will. So, well, it's an everyman movie, it, it, and that's okay. That's okay. Guys like it, kids like it, women like it, and that's okay. We're doing it because, um, well, we want to, and um, and our listeners have been asking for it. So yep. Yep. We, we're not gonna make any excuses. It's just what we're gonna do tonight. Absolutely. And, you know, without further ado, let's give the uh, the listeners, for those of them that have, uh, I, w- who I cannot ever imagine have never seen this movie, here is the Man Cave movie intro to this great and fantastic film. Clark Griswold plans the big family Christmas gathering, only to find himself standing at the threshold of hell. Okay, folks, Jeff is back, and fair warning. If the mood catches him right and he lays into you, it's best just to let him finish. <laughs> Boy, that's what happens when you don't show up to the shows. That's I, I, I fully deserve that. <laughs> well done, Deb. Wow. All right. So there we are, folks. We're going to be doing Christmas Vacation. And I, I'm almost kind of wondering who the hell has not seen this movie. I mean, this is almost like an American classic. It should be, if it's not. I, I think at this point it is. Um, when you talk to anybody and you talk about, you know, Christmas movies or Christmas con- comedies, you know, a Christmas stories up there. But this is always in the top three of people's minds. You know, if we're talking comedies, you know, a lot of people will, you know, throw around a lot of those classic dramas. But when we talk about Christmas comedies, I don't know anybody that said, oh, that movie's so dumb. It is bar none something that I think I've got 100% uh, feedback on. Great movie. And I would say that our, our, our followers on the Facebook page, when we posted up the hint, probably generated some of the biggest bandying back and forth of classic lines because this movie just we've all lived this type of a to a greater or lesser degree christmas vacation we've all had these moments and i think that i think i think you're right jeff i think that's why this movie resonates with everybody because we've all been there it's just it all gets distilled down into one two-week period of time with clark griswold right and you're right i think that's it it's it's really kind of, I don't know if they want to, if you're, if parody is the right word, but like you said, we've all been there where you've had, you know, the whole family. And it's like, you think it's going to be this great, fantastic family gathering, and it's, it's a furball. 
it turns into a furball. <laughs> it always does. No pun in, no yeah. pun intended. It, oh well, there's that. Yes. There have been a few family Christmases where I've thought, I want to be like the cat and use all ten of my lives right now. <laughs> like I said, as we talk, this is, and I didn't know, this is the third of the uh, the vacation um, genre, the trilogy, or I shouldn't say trilogy, because they had a couple of others after this, I think. I don't know. I th- I know there was a horrible, I've never There's seen it, Randy Vegas Quaid. Vacation. Then there was Christmas Vacation 2 with Randy Quaid. Some island Christmas vacation that bombed. Oh, it may God, have gone straight to video. I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, I never saw it. It was Cousin Eddie Goes on Vacation at Christmas time. Oh, were they trying to do a spinoff? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, that I mean, was... You know, it, you know it's bad when I was at Half Price Books and they're selling it for 99 cents. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that was the thing, is that Randy Quaid in this movie... I mean, he really makes the movie. He makes it because of the connection with him and Chevy Chase. Because the interaction between the two of them is really what makes the humor. And that's where a lot of the clips come in when we do it. Were you guys kind of surprised? I kept thinking this was like early or mid-80s. I was surprised when I looked. And this was uh, 89. Again, time gets away from me. I kept thinking. I, I kept thinking I was in high school or something when this came out. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I think kind of throws you, because, you know, how you still, I think the thing that brings it home that it's 1989 is when you look at the cars and the and the bad, um, yuppie fashion of the neighbors. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's kind of just got that suburban feel to it. Yeah. You know, the thing that got me about this movie, guys, is John Hughes was the writer, but he was not the director of it. And I was a little impressed by that because it, this movie definitely had a little bit of a John Hughes feel to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Very was, much so. Yeah. I mean, the whole setting in Chicago, everything like that, really is what really kind of set it up for me. So, uh, but yeah, he was the writer, but the director was Jeremiah. Good luck. Yeah. Jeremiah S. Chechik or Ketchik. I don't know. I, I I'm going to go with the the first one, the Chechik. Yeah, yeah I like Chechik. Yeah. Chechik sounds good. It, yeah, it, it seems like since it's Slavic that it would be you yeah. know appropriate. Well, he was born in Montreal, Quebec. So, so anyway, he's the guy that directed it. I have absolutely no idea what else this guy did. I'm looking at his IMDb uh, profile. He's uh, he's still active. Like Sharknado Two or something. Well, let's see. He did an episode of The Glades, Warehouse Thirteen. Mental episode. It's like he's doing a lot of TV stuff. Yeah. And this kind of has a TV kind of feel to it. Yeah, a little bit. No, I agree. I mean, that's, oh, not yeah. a knock, that's not a knock on it. It's just, it, it really, I mean, you know, when we get to the part of the trivia where we list off the list, you know, it's a, we get to the AT montage question. Well, that's kind of obvious with this movie. You know, it's all stitched together and that's okay. It works. Well, and, you know, the director just really needed to get people from one. He didn't. It wasn't L.A. Confidential where he had to juggle all these balls and make sure they landed at the same time at the end of the movie. He just had to make sure all these different vignettes stitched together. Right. And right. you wrapped it up with the rocket's red glare. I mean, so I mean, not to knock him, he did a solid job with it. Well, what do you think of some of the actors? I mean, obviously you have the uh, the the legendary Chevy Chase in this movie. 
and I'll tell you what, Beverly D'Angelo, wow, smoking hot. Especially in holiday dresses. I always thought she was very attractive. In a dirty sort of way. What? Muncie? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go on. I, I don't know. It, it just it just comes out of me it, every now and then. The thing I think that makes yeah, uh, the thing I think that makes this movie's chemistry work really well is the chemistry between Randy Quaid and Chevy Chase. Well, yes, that, I mean those two make the movie. You know, you've got the almost like the straight guy to the you know comedic element there uh, to an extreme. But I still want to go back to Muncie. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I will give you, she has no Nancy Pelosi, and that's a good thing, but. Son of a bitch. You don't think she's attractive? I do. I do. Okay. But, I mean, you know, for Steve, I mean, you know, the the bar is set with Nancy Pelosi. Wow. You're just going to go right in on him tonight, aren't you? I'm just going right there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, she is a cornerstone of this series. I mean, this this series would not be the same. Without her, I'm not sure you could really put anybody else in here that could have played off of Chevy Chase as well as as she did. You know, you got a good point, Jeff. She is a great straight woman to his manic. We're going to have the perfect Christmas, and she's just kind of going to put her head down, try and sneak a cigarette, and and keep the family from killing each other. And she does a great job of 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 portraying that. In this right. Movie. She she is like the, the, the normal person in all of this chaos uh, of mm-hmm. the holiday season and really throughout the entire series. I mean, she, you're right. She is the straight woman or the grounded one that <clears throat> we can all, you know, that we can all, you know, fall back to and, re- and, and we can relate to as as Chevy is doing his loops with insanity. <laughs> the, one of the things I think also, Steve, since we're talking about actors and actresses in this movie the the thing that makes this movie work very well is the inclusion and in, I think of of four key other players in this, and that's uh, uh, John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, and Doris Roberts, um, who are the parents of uh, of Clark and Ellen, and the the contrast between the, you know the two the two family types, yes, and yeah. and and just. Uh, they they are they are so different, and then that's when you start. That's when you, as a viewer, are able to connect with this show because we all don't like our in laws, no matter how awesome they are. We just don't like them, right? We didn't choose to marry them; we chose to marry the one that we love. And you see that play out here with Chevy <laughs> and, and and Beverly. You know, he he dearly loves his wife. Sure, he really he has, does. He he, he yeah, does. He, he has. He has strained thoughts every now and then. Right. Sure, sure. Well, but um, but when it comes down to it, he loves his wife. But man, he could. <laughs> he, <laughs> he disdains his in-laws, and you know what? Yeah. They have. They don't have much respect for him either. Nope. <laughs> nope. Because Art's always looking just to to do a Jeff Muncie to to his Steve Michaels son-in-law. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And, well, and, and, Dor- and Doris is looking for the next martini just to get through it all. <laughs> and the thing that works in this, the thing that really is, is what drives this movie. It, and the reason I put bring those four up is if you look at the interplay between Chevy and and those four, or those, or or 
or those four with each other. And just the snarky, sarcastic humor that they have back and forth, it is so subtle. And if you, if you're not listening close enough, you're going to miss it. Um, but Steve, this goes back to what you're saying about the writing. This is so well written. And it's those little nuggets and Easter eggs that really add the detail in this movie that I think a lot of people end up picking up and getting, and that's why they like it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just it. If you even stop and like the one scene when he's coming down for breakfast, uh, and it, you know he's got the uh, the Black Hawk <laughs> jersey on. When you hear the banter <laughs> at the at the breakfast table, if you actually just stop and listen to it, it's almost like. The, the two old guys are like comparing war stories. They're yelling about KC rations or, or K rations versus C rations. And you, and you just see Chevy Chase just like, I just need to go outside. <laughs> and that is the beauty of this movie because, like you said, Jeff, everybody can relate to it. We've all been there where you have a huge family gathering and you've got all these different personalities trying to mix together. And it's... You know, and especially this one because they take the extremes of all of them, especially when when cousin Eddie shows up. And then when you throw the great aunt and great uncle, Lewis and <sighs> Bethany, who are gone. I mean, Bethany's gone. She's in her own world, and and Lewis is just—he's just your mean old yeah. crotchety codger. And William Hickey and May Kessel just do a bang up job of being well, out and- to lunch and 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 mean. They have they have layered – when they arrive on scene, they have layered <laughs> on the crazy. At this point, you've got so many levels of crazy because, of course, you know, you got Cousin Eddie already there who, you know, at, at his introduction into the movie, uh, for me, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where you're going down the line after, you know, Clark has done his, 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 um, his, his triumphant lighting ceremony and um, – you know, he's, he's, you know, accepting accolades from everybody and he just <laughs> happens to be standing by cousin Eddie and, and the look on his face is priceless. But as soon Eddie? as he arrives Eddie? on scene, it, it's it, when he arrives on scene, the show takes a different turn. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. Oh, it goes completely different. Yeah. It is like act two when he shows up. Yep. And that's when and, it really gets fun. And it's, and it's one of those where you go, well, of course, Cousin Eddie shows up from the original vacation. <laughs> hey, and you, he, can just, you can just hear the theater cheering, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because because now we get that, – that's the other thing. You got a taste of Eddie in the original vacation. Now we're going to get full bore Eddie. Because in the move, the, the first time Eddie got introduced in – in summer vacation, he was what, maybe fifteen minutes before they pulled out right. with. He was, a, yeah, with the, he was a stopover, right? Yeah, with the aunt who they then strapped on top of the hood of the car, yep, or the roof of the car. Um, you know, now we get, now we get Eddie in all his glory, plastic plate in his head and all. <laughs> I, I, and metal. And it's Randy, metal oh, that, now you had to get a plastic one because you know when the microwave oh, went, went we off, he the pissed himself. That's right. He'd piss himself every time the microwave went off. <laughs> Taking all the quotes, guys. Stop it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. But, you know, the, that's the great thing is Randy Quaid just, he inhabits Cousin Eddie. There's something about, you You almost say 
that the costume people he that he picked out the costume when he's standing out on the sidewalk. My God, of the mud of the mud boots, oh. <laughs> the shorts, <laughs> the too short bathrobe, and the mud flap hat. It's like he probably went and said, "I'm just gonna dress like this. Anybody got a problem with it?" Nope. Or he came on set looking like that, and they said, "Go with it." Go with it. Well, and that's you know, a, as a as a sidebar, you know that that guy's that guy's life has turned out to be pretty shitty. Yeah, and and you know if you've listened to any of the news reports, I mean, whether whether he has you know chosen this path, which I'm sure he has, it's kind of sad when I see a news report that has to deal with him lately because it is it's never good, Mm-mm. and he's broke and out of money and doing stupid desperate things. He's cousin Eddie now. He has become cousin Eddie. You know what? He he's he's living it, isn't he? Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Because he's a good actor. I mean, you know, the Quaid brothers, he and Dennis are both very good actors. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, he's done done a lot of stuff. This isn't like his, I mean, this is what he's, like, really known for. But, I mean, he's done a lot of other movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I don't count Independence Day as one of them. Although Kingpin is one one of the funniest damn movies you'll ever see, too. I've never, I have never seen that movie. Oh my god, you need to, you need to watch that one. I think it's streaming right now. I don't know if I need to watch it, but oh yeah, you do. Oh yeah. I think if I'm laid up in a hospital and I can't get to the remote to change it, I guess I will watch it. But uh, yeah, it. I mean, it's sad because I thought he was great in this, and uh, somewhere along the line, he went off the deep end. Him and some uh, uh, chick he hooked up with, so he finds his way because i mean i loved him in this i mean he is uh you know he's he's a classic actor in this movie you know and i got to give credit to the two actors and juliette lewis is very well known johnny galecki has done a fair amount of stuff and is working as rusty and audrey they don't get a lot of screen time but the screen time they get as the kids of clark and ellen they do a good job with their roles i you know rusty's great when he's trying to hang the lights yeah. with his dad, and, you know, Juliette Lewis is just thoroughly disgusted that her fungus of a brother is is inhabiting her room, and uh, she's just got that, that class. She, they're both classic John, John Hughes trope characters. Right. Um, you know, the, the older sister, you've seen her in Uncle Buck, you've seen her in all the John Hughes movies, and yeah. then the, the younger brother who's just going to make the older sister's life miserable every moment he can. Yeah, that's that was classic John Hughes. Mm-hmm. And I like Juliette Lewis. I mean, I think she's, I really think she's a great actress. I mean, she is, she really can uh, uh, inhabit a role. And we saw her in, uh, gosh, Mark, when we uh, did uh, Dust of Dawn. She was yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A, a couple of other actors we should mention who have brief roles, you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus and Nicholas Guest is Margot Todd. Margot Todd. The, they Todd. were priceless in this movie. They were great. Yeah, they were great. Um, Brian Doyle Murray, you know, of of the Murray clan as Frank Shirley. You know, everybody gets gets the jelly of the month club. Um, <laughs> you know, he he does a great job as. Just being this arrogant, haughty CEO, 
And then, of course, Nicholas Scorsese is Mary, the um, lingerie sales girl, just because she's just hot to look at. Wow. Oh, man. That swimming pool scene. <sighs> oh, forget the swimming pool scene. When she hiked her skirt up and she's wearing those thigh-high nylons and like, can't see the too. line, can you? That I <laughs> see no tan lines. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I pissed myself. And, uh, and forgot who I was for 30 minutes when I saw that scene. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Hi, Russ. <laughs> Can't see the lights. Russ. Russ. Again, we're, we're ruining all the lines, guys. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, God. And, and guys, I got a ton of quotes in here for this thing. And I'm I like, and it's not all of them. It's, and you know, the thing about this movie, too, is it's a lot of visual comedy i mean yes it's a, a yes. lot of the the quotes i mean yeah it, if if you if you've seen this movie you'll listen to me oh yeah that one's funny but there's a lot of visual stuff like the looks on chevy chase's face especially the expressions he makes because he has that ability to say something without just just with his face you know you you know exactly what he said just by the expression on his face I was talking to Mark earlier. It was was it yesterday, Mark? Um, yeah. About that yesterday. same thing. That there's there's so many clips to get, but there is so many nuances to this show regarding the visual humor that is going on, the interplay between the characters, and Chevy Chase's the way he acts with his eyes. Oh and yeah. It he is. Mark had said he's one of the um, best. What was what was the word to use, Mark? Best, best, <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Best, he's one of the best physical comedians. I mean, physical that's yeah. you know that's how he got his start. You know, with Saturday Night Live doing the pratfalls, and you see that in this movie too. He's got one of those rubber faces. He's very expressive with his face, and you don't think of Chevy Chase as a serious as a actor, but he is, and he's good at it. You know, one of the things I just want to bring up before I forget. <clears throat> Because I wrote this down in my notes, and like you said, you know, this is a movie we have seen practically every you know Christmas. There was one particular scene that I saw, and I noticed it today. And again, folks, I mentioned this in either last show or previous shows. There's a lot of times when I'm watching these movies, a lot of these movies I've already seen. So when I'm doing clips, I'm kind of watching for stuff to make notes to, to bring up throughout this thing. And I noticed one, and I think this is an homage, if you will, to It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. And here it is. Do you remember the scene? This is the point when Clark, this is towards the end of the movie when they're on the threshold of hell. <laughs> and he's... He's got the chainsaw and he's walking down the stairs and he 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 he, he reaches and he has the the post and it wobbles mule post the mule post and he goes yeah. he chops it up he goes fix the mule post and just goes I'm like wow because you remember in in the wonderful life that was the thing that always came off when George would run down the stairs yeah. and grab it yeah no yeah. he just chopped it off I'm like wow that's yeah. That's a ripoff from, well, not a ripoff, but they, uh, a callback. A callback, if you will. And I just thought that was great yeah. because I'm like, Jesus Good Christ, catch. how many freaking times have I watched this movie 
uh, I mean, like I said, I saw it when it first came out, and I've seen, I literally have probably seen this movie every year since then. Never made that connection until today. So, you you struck a chord with me. Here's Clark. He's got his Christmas tie. He's got his Christmas sweater. He's got his Christmas hat. He, here's Eddie. He's got his white patent leather shoes yep. and his dickie on. The the dickie was priceless. <laughs> and 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 I just you know what? I have to ask folks. How many times did you see this movie before you realized he was wearing a dickie? Because I I confess it was a long time for me to realize. It finally it was until I think I met my wife and she's like you know he's wearing a dicky, right? And I went, oh Jesus Christ, is he? Oh my God! And if people don't know what a dicky is, yeah. basically, yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not a vulgar thing. Just Mm-mm. yeah, Mm-mm. look it up. Yeah, just look it up. Wait, be careful looking it up. Yeah, well, there's that. Just type, type in, in dicky and clothing. Yeah, or dicky and Randy Quaid. That you'll be. Yeah, fine. don't 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 type in Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> Damn it, Christmas! <laughs> and there goes our. Well, no, actually, and I should have probably said this from the start of the show. Uh, there will be an explicit tag on this one because I am not bleeping out one of the classic rants of this movie. Uh, now, I mean, Mark, you, know you know what goes good with the Cleveland steamer, don't you? Mm. Chili dog. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> 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 you know, I'll tell you, there are times I miss Jeff Muncie on this show, and there are times I'm like, God, this God is, damn it, why is he on this, this show? Is, this is when he needs to be like, why do why do I not change the night and tell him which night it's not? Yeah, this is when he, this is when he should be coaching basketball on a camp out. I love you, man. Cousin Eddie of the podcast. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, just sell my head to the carpet. We'll be good. So there, yeah. All right, great. There's a blooper clip. All right, guys. Favorite scenes? I just, just curious. You, you first. Me? Yeah, you. I went first last time. Somebody else jump. Jump. Uh, Jeff, you weren't here last week, so you first. Oh, favorite. Scenes. God, where do I limit it? Why did I not come prepared for it? Oh, that's what the dog too. Okay. You know what? The, the squirrel is <laughs> uh, is probably my my one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Where um, you know, this is after they've burned up the um, the 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 tree they you know trekked you know five miles in the snow to go get, and um, and uh, after they you know after the cat you know burned that thing up. And uh, and then they go out to their uh, their front yard and cut down uh, their neighbor's tree and bring it into the house. Um, <laughs> the whole glass, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little Window. bit later, you know, they 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 hear something, you know, rattling, and uh, um, they go and look inside the tree, and you know, and and uh, and you hear uh, you you hear the ring bell go ding because it is on after that, and of course. <laughs> That's when Snots, you know, he has his starring <laughs> role, and I just think the orchestration of all of that, and with the with it, uh, you know, ending up with uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, you know, at the front door, getting ready to confront, you know, <laughs> Clark, 
And uh, he just opens the door and says, gone. <laughs> well, and then Never. when she goes back home and punches out her husband. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's when it ends. That is probably, that is one I, I, I will, when we're watching it with the family, I will still just, just double over with it. I, I love that scene. Mark, yours. Oh, um, I got a couple. There's actually a little, you know, in this comedy, there's actually a sweet little scene, and it it's the one with Ruby Sue and Chevy Chase, where she thinks he's Santa Claus after he's had his um, moment gazing out the window and fantasizing about the lingerie model. And, you know, there's that sweet little scene where she's he's sitting there talking to her about Christmas, and she's basically telling him, yeah, we didn't get Christmas last year. Santa didn't come. And, you know, you, you kind of feel sorry for her. And that's a sweet little moment that I actually re- I really do enjoy that one. You know, but the other one is the classic when Cousin Eddie and the RV and the rubber sheets and snots and the lip fungus brother uh, son make an appearance. It's just like you said earlier, Jeff, that just the whole tenor of the movie goes from slightly crazy to utter deranged when Cousin Eddie appears with his POS um, camper. Right. Steve, what's yours? Well, see, mine is the uh, the dinner scene. <laughs> when they um, ask Ann Bethany to uh, give grace, <laughs> you know, Ann Bethany does a pledge of allegiance for grace. And then they carve the turkey. <laughs> and it just... I can't describe it. It's like uh, like a deflating balloon, and then yeah. I love the I love the puff of smoke that shoots out from <laughs> and it. And the sound, yeah, there's the sound escaping. Yeah, it. and then it's and that's everybody else, you know, just sitting there kind of looking at it. And then it's the the whole dining scene is what's great, especially well, when it, especially when Clark looks at the Jello mold. Thank and there's, you. There's the thank the cat you. food that's in it. And Cousin Eddie's like, can you give me some more of that, Clark? Because it's really good. (laughs) Well, don't you love the part where Cousin Eddie, he's getting the sweet potatoes out, and he takes a taste off the spoon before he loads it up. It's like, oh, God, really? And and it is that subtle. It's that subtle stuff right there. Yes. There's so much going on in the shot, right? And if you're just not, you know, looking at, you know, what Cousin Eddie's doing, who's just like, and, and, you know, and this is a dude you don't want you know, taste in your food. You don't want to be eaten after him. Um, it's, you know, you're, there's just, it's a perfect example of there's so many things going on. If you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. Yeah, there, a- you're right. There is a lot packed in this movie. And the set, I got to give the set designers credit too, because they, they really built a, you know, believable suburban house. And there's a lot of little things that are just in the movie and or things going on behind the in the background. Yeah. I mean, a, a scene is like fully developed. You've yeah. got not just, you know, what the, the, the subject is, but you've just got little things around or behind um, that, you know, are just there. And, and again, if, if you're not, if you're not paying attention, you're just, they're just going to miss just a little bit of something. You're not going to miss the movie. You're just going to miss a little bit of something usually humorous. Well, that's just it. I, I've watched this movie probably for, you know, every year for the last 30 years. And I always see something new. 
because when you're looking at it a different, you know, from a different perspective or whatever, that whole scene when I was watching him, you know, saw off the, you know, the post, it's like, God almighty, that's a callback from Wonderful Life, which they actually show a, a clip of that in this movie. Yeah. It, it, this is one of the movies that has some of the best credits at the opening of a movie with oh, the cartoon yeah. with Santa. Yes. I'm glad that, you that, brought that, that up. That in of itself is great. It, it, you know, this movie in a sense, I guess, is a cartoon. Um, but the little intro is, is, is very well done. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's just, you know, subtle humor in that. You know, Santa Claus is climbing up the chimney, he sticks his finger in a broken, uh, Christmas light, <laughs> you know, and, I mean, it's just, it's just shit like that. It's just, you're right. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. That it is very well done. And I don't know if you guys were, I, I, I'm a big fan of, and it was popular in the eighties, a comic strip called Bloom County. Oh yeah. Know, it, it, it kind of has that Bloom County feel to it. Yes. Just this absurdity going on in the opening credits that kind of tees you up that you, you are going into the twilight zone of Christmas movies. Right. Um, you know, you know another I, one. go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say, Jeff, I'd really love for you to mention um, set design and, and cinematography because I think this this is this all takes place pretty much in a house or around the house. But I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts about about that and the music and the music well, for this movie. You know, I I considered you know here's the thing about cinematography it it is we kind of somebody kind of alluded to it earlier that it was more of a it, it seems like almost be like a tv production um the production value isn't the greatest but what is great and i'm glad you brought up set design if you look at this movie there there are everybody is decked out in certain colors and it is a very colorful movie especially at the scene where <laughs> And I wanted to bring the scene up because I just love this scene um, where, um, you know, after um, cousin, uh, cousin, what was I say? Cousin it, um, cousin <laughs> Eddie, cousin Eddie went and got um, Clark's boss and brings him, you know, basically kidnaps and brings him back. And, um, and, and the uh, SWAT team, you know, bust into the house. Um, I was telling Steve the other day. That's probably one of my favorite scenes oh. because when they when they bust in, they tell everybody to freeze. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beverly D'Angelo um, has her hand cupped around um, <clears throat> um, Clark's manhood, yeah. and um, as introductions are being made, um, she goes <laughs> to shake somebody's hand. <laughs> after welcome uh, to our home. Yeah, welcome to our home. Shakes a hand, and then the hand promptly goes right back to <clears throat> Clark's manhood. Um, you know, but if you look at that scene there, um, there, it really puts into contrast how everybody is is dressed in such a way that it makes this movie kind of a colorful um, movie where everybody has kind of a theme about them as far as colors. And uh, but the way the house is decorated, I mean, it is a it is a very very um, the intent of the movie is to make everybody stand out in some special way. Nobody blends in, and the background doesn't blend in. It actually is. Um, um, there are so many lights and and colors to to it. It really feels like a festive holiday season. Um, they really capture the essence, I think, of Christmas with everybody and the their um, their ensemble. Um, and and therefore, it, it it's a 
it's kind of an I don't know an, an exciting or enriching movie to watch. Well, it, Steve, you you I was thinking when you said that, Jeff, it it about set design and the the look, it, it struck a memory that I wanted to bring up and to one of those things that I just noticed for the first time, and I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, is when Aunt Bethany appears with wrapped gifts. One of the gifts is wrapped in happy birthday paper. Right. The, oh, yeah. the gift with the cat is just in happy birthday paper. I'd never noticed that before. I've never <laughs> noticed it until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's, it says happy birthday or some such like that. It's not Christmas paper. Oh. And, yeah. you know, she wrapped the damn cat. I mean, and I love the whole scene when Chevy Chase just like shakes the box, like the cat. <laughs> That's priceless. She wrapped well, the damn Beverly cat. Well, Beverly D'Angelo tastes the packaging on the other gift. No, she yeah. doesn't. Eddie does. Eddie does. He licks her fingers. Eddie tastes her finger. Yeah, she looks at him in horror. That's right. <laughs> You'd love to see the family tree on that side. All right, let's see, guys. Let us move on to one of our favorite parts of the show, and that is, brother, what you drinking? Mark, what do you got? I'm curious. I do, and I'm going to have to go with two beers tonight because I was really excited about one, and it kind of let me down, and I really hate to say this. Okay. Last week, I reviewed Stone's Vertical Epic, and I had set that one back from last year because they weren't making it, and I was over at my favorite liquor store today, and Stone has come out with another seasonal beer called Stone Smoked Porter with Chocolate and Orange Peel. And I got to admit, I was really excited about this beer. And you can't taste the chocolate or even a hint of orange because the smokiness overwhelms the other flavors. Ooh. You know, I thought a smoked porter with just with some chocolate and orange, that could be a real interesting flavor. And... It's not a bad beer, I, I, but I, it, they just missed it by that much because the smoke just kind of overwhelms the chocolate and there's there's very little hint of the orange. And I thought that could have really been a, a big winner of a beer. And it it it's a solid porter, but you don't don't hope for much chocolate or orange in the flavor. So. Um, there's that, but real quick, the other beer that I really, I've really got to give credit to for a holiday beer is Goose Island's Festivity Ale. I don't know if you, either one of you have tried it yet. What is it? Goose Island. Their holiday festi- ale? Yeah, their festivity no. ale. It's their Christmas ale. It's very good. It's a brown ale. It's kind of malty with a little bit of, it's kind of creamy with a little kind of fruity, not fruity as in sickly sweet, but a little hint of a mapley fruity taste on the back end. It's a really good holiday beer. Um, you can find it right now. Um, I'm not I'm usually a huge fan. I like their beer, but I'm I'm not one of these people who runs out and buys Goose Island all the time. But I I wanted to give it a try, and I I really want to recommend Goose Island's Festivity Ale this year. It, it's it's not it's not Sam Adams Winter Lager. They're but it is a close second. It's a good six-pack beer if you're looking for a good festivity beer, holiday beer that doesn't have a whole lot of spices that really stop you up on the back end. Um, but I, again, I, I really, I hate to say this, the Stone guys, I love them, but the smoke porter with chocolate and orange, I was really excited, and it just, it let me down. And so 
I wanted to give you another review of a good beer of Goose Island Festivity Ale as well. I don't know. When you said smoked porter with orange, the orange, orange peel and chocolate. Well, the chocolate I can get. The orange peel, eh, that's not working for me. Well, you know, I thought yeah. it would be a little bit of that tangy back end. Yeah. You know, I thought, okay, it'd be on the back end, a little little tart, sweet tanginess. And there's you can't taste any of it. The smoke really, the smoky, the smokiness overwhelms it. Now, if they just come out with a smoked porter, Steve, if you just want to go get it as a smoked porter, it's good. But I was, I was kind of looking forward to a chocolate in the porter, and I didn't get much of that at all and no orange peel. But I thought that would be an interesting complex flavor that could be really good and they 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 need to work on it a little bit. Hmm. All right. All right, Jeff, what do you got? All right. Tonight, um I have from the Scarlet Lane Brewing Company, which is hmm. out of uh, uh McCordsville, Indiana. So it's hmm. a uh, it's a local brew of sorts. I'm drinking a a special beer that they made for this season, the uh, Scarlet Lane Marley's Ghost. They made this in honor of the uh, IRT's A Christmas Carol. And um, uh, the IRT here in Indianapolis does a a splendid job with um, putting on A Christmas Carol. They've done this for many years. They have a great production, and uh, so they, they named this beer. In honor of it, and it's uh, an American stout brewed with, wait for it, peppermint candies and cocoa. What is fascinating about this beer is when you first, when you, when you sip it, um, you definitely get the peppermint. Okay. But Mm -hmm. what is, what is, what, that's not the fascinating part. Fascinating part is it's quickly followed by the chocolate and then it immediately like, goes away. You get the nice stout on the backside. So you don't get the sickly sweetness of a peppermint or it, the it, burn? It, it, no, not at all. Not at all. It is, I was like, oh, there's the peppermint. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Chocolate. And then it was like stout. And then it was like gone. Doesn't linger. Doesn't last. I, I could see letting this age a little bit, just a little bit. Um, and it And it comes in at a very hefty 9% AVB. Wow. Nice. Glad I had it. Glad I tried it. And it was quite tasty. So, there it is. Like it. Well, guys, I went back to my old backup. I went out and bought a couple of cases of Sam Adams for the holidays coming up. And I'm having me Old Fezziwig. Ah. Steve, I thought you were going to drink Meisterbrow in honor of Cousin Eddie <laughs> from this movie. but I, no. I actually was kind of looking for it. And I'm like, eh, you know, I think <laughs> I almost was going to go there. But you just couldn't bring yourself to it. No. I might throw a monkey in the wrench of this podcast, but I am not, gentlemen, going out. <laughs> Of 2014 <laughs> drinking shit beer. Died. I will How not it... let you <laughs> disgrace this podcast. This podcast and the United States of America. And I don't Good. care if the North Koreans hack my server. I don't give a shit. I'm still going to drink good beer. 
Oh, and just so you know, the Dundees is on mm. special right now. Well, you know, I I wish I had I I the other big bottle I bought, and now I wish I had drank that instead of the Stone was Hoppin' Frog's Holiday Beer. Because I picked one of their holiday. We haven't talked about Hoppin' Frog in a long time, but I picked yeah. one of them up, and I'll I'll drink it this weekend. But um, I I wish I had swapped out now. Thing you know, that company is there would uh, started our whole uh, Godzilla. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did, didn't they? All right, folks, that is it with Brother What You're Drinking. It is now time to move on to one of our favorite parts of the show, and that's clips. And I am just going to start cranking these out. No preface, anything. Here we go. <laughs> Number one, that's the preface. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure not to offend anybody. <laughs> All right, next. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. <laughs> Ooh, it is warm in here. Well, you have your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out. Yes. Yes. It is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean, nippy out. <laughs> what did I say? Nipple. <laughs> uh, there is a nip in the air, though. And the thing is. That scene, you really got to watch it because it's it's watching Chevy Chase's face. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I give the actress in that, she played that so well. She was so deadpan, just kind of, I mean, she was kind of flirting with him. Then it was like, are you serious? You know, that look, you know, I mean, yep. she played it perfectly. Nicolette Scorsese. Yes. Yep. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. One of my favorite lines of the movie. These are cut really high on the hip. Look, I'm wearing something similar. See? I can't see the line. Can't see the line, can you, Russ? No. <laughs> and again, you have to see the scene with the look on his face. Well, and Russ is so dead fanny. Like, nope. <laughs> no, sure can't, Dan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dad, uh-uh. Let's see more. God, when she hiked up her skirt, that's when I... Forgot who I was for 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> I have nightmares about what he does in his bed alone when I'm not lying right next to him. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. Julia Lewis was priceless in this movie. The few scenes that she had, she literally just lived them. I mean, she was the perfect sister. Yep. Yep. Perfect older. I've got a daughter and a son. And yep. Christine, my daughter, God love her. She's, she's like, uh, my brother. Yep. And he's like, how can I make your life a living hell? Yep. Right. Yep. That's what brothers are for to, to you know, screw up their uh, sister's lives. All right. Next. I hope you kids see what a silly waste of resources this was. He worked really hard, Grandma. So do washing machines. <laughs> and Emily will say that every time. I'm like, God, I worked really hard on this. She goes, yeah, so do washing machines. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, here we I'm playing them all, guys, just so you know. Art. Dad. Thanks for being here. The little lights are not twinkling. I know, Art, and thanks for noticing. 
<laughs> Thanks for reminding me what kind of a dipshit you think I am. Yep. Yeah. You douche. All right. Uh, and re- from here on now are the classic Eddie quotes. If you don't remember, this here is Rocky. <laughs> Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. Right. He's got a lip fungus he ain't identified yet. <laughs> Who wrote this? That's brilliant <laughs> stuff. I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, next. We were going to call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah. He's surprised. <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> and I don't know. One of our dear listeners, uh, Ashley, I think, quoted that there. So that, that one's for you guys. All right. And the other classic quote from the movie. Only problem is he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. <laughs> you don't want him around if you wear short pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a word of warning, though, if he does lay into you, it's best to just let him finish. <laughs> Jeff, so you know, I just named that one Jeff Muncy. I got that from, uh, you know, the intro yeah. and... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure when, uh, that's what you guys told, um, well, I can't really name his name, but his, uh, initials start with Martin, um, <laughs> when, right before he met me, um, no, we just said, don't look him in the eye. Don't look, don't, <laughs> don't look him in the eye. Don't look him in the eye. That's all we said. He's just, got the, he's got this lip fungus thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, just don't him look him in the eye. All right. Next one. But don't go putting all that stuff on my sled, Clark. You know that metal plate in my head? Huh? How can I forget? I had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. (laughs) (laughs) Later, dudes. And he he is gone. (laughs) When I was a a ute, I, I loved that scene. (laughs) <laughs> All right. What are you looking at? Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air, and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. <laughs> Shitter was full! Ah, yeah. You checked our shitters, honey? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> the best oh. part is when he said, Have you checked our shitters, honey? <laughs> because at this point, he has completely given up. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, God. And you know, the best part is Eddie's just so damn proud of himself. He's out there shaking <laughs> his tube, just smiling. <laughs> Got his cigar and his Meister brow. God, God love him. Yep. <laughs> all right. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye. And I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking. Dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! 
Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> did, did he leave anything out? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, everybody's kind of looking at him like, holy crap. Yep. He's gone bye-bye, Egon. <laughs> yep. Egon. All right, guys, last and certainly not least, and this is why we are going to have an explicit tag on this post. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. That never gets old. No. No, it doesn't. And the best thing is, back to your point, earlier point, Jeff, it's it's the expression on his face. His Chevy Chase's eyes are literally bugging out of his head at that point. And and then when Beverly D'Angelo's like, I, she's trying to be calm. I think we should just all call it a night. Nope. And then he no. goes out with the chainsaw and cuts down the neighbor's tree. Ugh. Oh, good lord. Uh, well, anyway, there you go, folks. That's, that's it with clips. We are now moving on to the Man Cave Move Review Checklist of this great and fantastic film. Are you ready? Wow, riveted. <laughs> Did anyone jump through a window? Trees went through a window. Well, oh, there... yeah, there's tons of people that went through windows. Oh, yeah. They were called the SWAT team. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, between trees and um, and the SWAT team. Yep. Um, and, an icicle, and an icicle. Yep. And an yeah, giant icicle from a uh, gutter, yes. Mm-hmm. Why is the floor all wet, Todd? I don't Todd. know, Marco. Oh, no, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Those were stereotypical yuppies um, of that period, weren't they? Yep. All right. Let's see. Uh, number two. If you want him, come and claim him. Was there a lift title role in the movie? No. No. I agree. All right. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. Was there a Wilhelm scream in the movie? Uh, I I don't think so, no. No. I didn't catch any. No, we, it would have stood out. All right, next one. Could the female role be better played by Tommy Katane? She could have played, well, she could have played the lingerie lady. Hell yes. She, she definitely she could have done that. She could have, but I preferred the current. Oh, lingerie. yeah. But she could have done it. Could have, yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Was there a montage in this movie? May I make an observation? Yes. The entire movie is a montage. <sighs> because they're all vignettes that are set up. Things happen to get things to another. Things are occurring like we go off to shop, we go get the tree, and then the tree appears. We chop the tree down, we we slice the tree, then it explodes. Things happen in between. Lots of things pass between events in this movie. 
I, I, I see this as a one big montage. I do. And not in a bad way. No, I like it. I, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. The whole movie is a montage. Awesome. Yep. Well done, Mark. Awesome. Thank you. All right. And last and certainly not least. And so it begins. Was there a B5 reference to this movie? Um, there's a B5 reference of sorts to this movie. Loosely. The original actress that played the original daughter, Dana Barron, not the replacement Juliet Lewis. Lewis. Um, her name was, uh, well, like I said, um, Dana Barron. And, um, she had a, uh, she was the original daughter of the series and actually was in the uh, B5 episode, The Core is Mother, The Core is Father. She played Lauren Ashley. But she wasn't in this movie. So, in other words, you've her got... character, the character that she is tied to, but is she, in this movie. But I, she, she is loosely because you know what, Juliet Lewis is living through her, and I, um, I say that's a no, Mister Mike. I'm going to say that if Legal was here, he would give it to me. No, he wouldn't. Oh, yes, he would. He would say <laughs> now. The, no, he would. The the girl that uh, you know, if she if she continued on, she would have been. And since she didn't, she was replaced. But she is her spirit is still on this show. Spirit versus letter. You will <laughs> accept it. No, I won't. So it is written. So it shall be done. Muncy. <laughs> yes. You have failed me for the last time. I'm. I am damn impressed. All right. That's all I've got to say. And, and you know, since I actually only looked that up about 12 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, I'll You're give you this. Stuff, aren't you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, it was a reach, but a damn fine reach. I'm going to let the listeners tell us whether they will accept that or not. Yeah. Jeff, I, all I have to say is if I ever have a hidden hemorrhoid, I'm calling you <laughs> to find it. But... I will remove for, it for you, sir. For the purposes of this show, you have failed horribly. <laughs> so, damn it, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, well funny. played, Mister Michael. Funny, funny people. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's it with the uh, the Man King movie checklist. Ken is not here for the top ten movies of 1989, but Herr Klopek has <laughs> stepped up to the uh, the challenge, and he will bring you those now. Mark. The, t- the top ten movies of 1989. Number ten, Born on the Fourth of July, with Tom Cruise at 161 million worldwide growth. Number nine, definitely not a man cave movie, the Little Mermaid. Number eight, Ghostbusters 2. Not not Ghostbusters 1. It was a pale comparison. Number seven, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Number six, Lethal Weapon 2. That and Lethal Weapon, we could probably throw in the man cave genre. Yep. Number five, Dead Poets Society. 
Number four, look who's talking. Never going to get reviewed. Number three, yeah. Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah. Number two, Batman. I believe this is the Michael Keaton version. And the number one movie of 1989 was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which made 400, almost 475 million worldwide. Wow. There you go. So, uh, this movie was like 20, 30 million, so it was not anywhere near the top 10. Um, that's not the numbers I had earlier. Oh, isn't it? Let's no, the numbers I had earlier, I mean, no, this movie, first of all, I wanted to say this movie, the budget for this damn thing, and I don't I don't know if it was in, if, if it was because of all the lights in this movie. 70 million, I'm sorry. Well, but the budget was $27 million yeah. for this movie. I'm going to guess um, $20 million was for Chevy Chase, and um, and the rest was, was for lights and set design because I I mean that's that's a pretty heavy chunk of money back then it ended up grossing you know almost three times that amount but it's about a hundred million short of the top ten yeah oh yeah well there you go folks that is the top ten movies of 1989 that were competing with this one so now it is time for the man cave movie review of this great fantastic film well, I did last, I did, I did last one. Jeff, you have Yeah, Jeff. Left. Yeah, you got to I don't even know what to say about this. Okay, I'll I'll do my best. All right. Um this lovely little production um I think captures uh the essence of many holidays for for all of us. If you especially if you have an extended family that you tend to be um um involved with during this time of year. Um, I think that this really um, kind of uh, allows you to connect to maybe one, two, if not all the things that are going on here. Um, this movie is um, well written. We didn't go into the music, which is wonderfully scored, very appropriate. Um, there is a soundtrack to this movie. And, um, and, and it, it is, um, it, it's as much fun as the actual movie is. The actors between, um, the, the four in the starring role and then the, the layering of the actors on, in my opinion, is, is what really sells and makes this movie a success. Um, how they all are layered in throughout the movie and just add, um, just little, um, antagonistic moments that lead to big laughs later. And it, it is, it goes back to the, the, the original writing of this, um, by, um, by John Hughes, who is, I mean, let's go ahead and say it. He, he is a genius. Um, aside from that, um, you know, one of the, it, it is also one of those that really not only can a guy sit down and watch it, but the family could, um, you know, I don't, I, everybody I've ever talked to really enjoys this movie and it's, it's just a good fun movie. There, there, there is, is clearly some language that, you know, you'll have to, uh, you know, cough real loud when your kids are around, but, um, um, I've been able to manage it and, um, 
Um, if I can do it, anybody else can too. But it's, um, it is kind of a very nice, full, fun package of a movie. It's well paced. Um, and it keeps it, it keeps it constantly going. And when you watch it for the first time, I mean, you were just are like, okay, what's going to happen next? You are always waiting for the next gag to drop. And it, it never, in my opinion, really lulls or lags. It is just kind of, you know, one upping itself as the movie goes along. So, uh, with that, um, I am going to give this holiday Christmas vacation movie. I'm going to rate it at an 8.25. I'll agree. 8.25. It's a modern classic. Yep. 8.25. Oh, you can go higher. It's fine. You can trump me. No. Well, I mean, I could, but... It's never stopped you from over-trumping me before. No. Oh, all right, folks. That is it with the Man Cave movie review of this great and fantastic film. Follow us on Stitcher, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and all the other sundry and various social media. You can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Movie Review. And... uh we wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be off next week because it is the Christmas holiday, but we will be picking it up following uh, following the 26th, hopefully with a New Year's, uh, New Year's broadcast. If not, it'll be 2015 when we're back. So we wish all of our fans and our listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year with all of your family, whether they be crazed or not. That's awesome, Mark. I love it. <laughs> Feel free to use it. I, I think I will because I was like coughing my guts out. That's why it was muted when you guys were like, all right, well, he's not around. So so feel free to use my extra. I think I will. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm your host, Steve Michael, signing off with my very good and dear friend, Mark. Can't see the line, can you? Slover. Oh, whoo, look at the time. I got to go to bed. I still got to brush my teeth, feed the hog, still got some work to do, still got those bills to pay, wash the car. Merry Christmas, everyone. Nice. All right, and also saying farewell and adieu is our other good and dear friend, Jeff. He was a huge, beastly, bulging man, Muncie. I gave up on trying to come up with an intro for fear that Slover would have stole whatever I came up with. So I'm just going to say he stole it again. <laughs> say Merry Christmas, Jeff. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And uh, happy. Well, no, we'll be back by New Year's. Never mind. So I won't say Happy New Year's. All right. Muncie, out. And from our longer and host, Steve Michaels. <laughs> That's me. He, he, would, he would like to wish you a. Stilinoct, Feliz Navidad, Vaya con Dios, muchachos. <laughs> there is nothing I like doing more than like in or um, in in July at a Mexican restaurant when the uh, mariachi band comes around and they take requests, and I always throw up Feliz Navidad. <laughs> they always give me a questioning look, but then go right into Feliz Navidad. I just smile and tip. <laughs> Hey, it's Christmas in July. I'm I'm waiting for shit to be put out on um on display for Christmas after <laughs> July. Anymore. I'm 
can hardly get Halloween over before we get Christmas shit out. What's Thanksgiving? Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not say sure. goodnight, Steve. I'm going to say goodnight. And on behalf of our other very good and dear friend, Ken, you've never seen a set on a guy like these. Roni, he is saying farewell and adieu. He will be back next year uh, for the show. Uh, folks, seriously, thanks for listening to us. Hope you enjoy the show. We will see you in 2015. Until then, ciao. Thank you.